0: Hang out, what do you mean? Song, you know, cocaine. What about it? The lyrics. You want to hang that what out? This is it? If you, you want to hang out, I
1: believe cocaine. so. I believe so. I know this song, yes. Yeah. This is not aha, uh-huh. no, it's not. And <laughs> I'm not a cocaine guy, so what about Coke? Coca Cola, no, I don't yes. drink soda. Had an interesting reference from Yerko on uh, Crosstalk Unhinged, which dropped today, so yeah. check that out. Yeah, yes. The good kid doing. I he think, gave up coke for yeah. dry January, I believe. Yes. Right? Yes, he gave up uh, like mixing anything in his boots. Yes, yes. Like that's the dry January thing, and, and we can. That conversation took place, and I don't get that. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Like you're trying to convince yourself that all of a sudden you're <laughs> going to get yourself right. Why? Because you drank a little too much I'm over the an holidays? Al- I'm not an
0: alcoholic. I've got this thing. Right, exactly. Yourself, I oh, go. I'm going to have a dry January.
2: Go, go I'm going to get myself month. in shape. You're just going to be doing catch-up February. Of course. That's what you're right, doing.
1: Exactly. That's That was my entire point is, you know, listen, my, of course I'm not going to drink this week the way I did when I was off. Yes. And it was Christmas, and then it was, you know...
0: New Year's, New Year's, New Year's,
1: but just having the well, time yeah, off. Like, I mean, I'm, listen, not gonna, I'm not going to have a I'm not going to. Today, I didn't have a four o'clock beer. I may have last this week at this time or two. Well, you weren't working last week. That's my point. Okay. Yes, like, yes. I don't need a dry January. <laughs> like, you just go back to work. You have a normalized situation, you know, and yes. it's more than likely that just as you go back to work and get into the rot- routine of your life that, yes. listen, I don't want. If you want to have a dry January, have a dry Go January. Go for it. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying. I just think it's one, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you do try to make yourself feel better. Yeah. Just and Johnny just said, listen, I ain't giving up the booze. What I am giving up is it's the Coke. mixers. Yes. Well, the he, Coke, said, he said Coke. The co- he well, said, but he, he said, Coke I'm Cola. giving up
0: Coke. We're down the heels of people saying, I'm going dry January, no alcohol.
1: And he says, I'm giving up Coke. I said, Coca-Cola, right? And he said, yes. Yes. So. Amazing. Which I think is smart because yes. what he's doing is he's taking the sugar out of his diet yes. for January. Yes, and not the booger sugar, yes. <laughs> I don't believe booger sugar's on his on his Correct. To-do menu. List. I I yeah. agree.
0: Uh let's check in with James's and Gurney. James, what's going on, man? You're on Waddle and Sylvie and for Sylvie today. James. Jimmy. James. Ah, James.
1: What was what did James want to say?
0: Looked like uh regarding Justin Fields, I saw uh, the idea of trading Justin Fields away, listen, a I, you know, we had a little bit funny. yesterday. Yeah,
1: and, and, and I mean, if people want to get butthurt, if you even hear the conver- in the conversation, you hear the terms Justin Field and trade, that's up to you. Be yeah. butthurt. Whatever. Be, they, be, they, be angry. You you be be listen to the, the whole case. conversation. Exactly. The, the, the question was that we asked was, we're convinced. We want to see them, the Bears, use their draft picks, however you're going to use them to build a better team. Yes. The question isn't for us. Yeah, are we convinced? We, we really don't make you know, the decision. It decisions. doesn't matter
0: if we're convinced or not to be honest. The with question
1: you. that we asked, how convinced are you that the general manager and the coaching staff that they're convinced that Justin is their guy going forward. Now, I think most of us believe that yes that they are very much convinced that he's the guy going forward, but as I pointed out yesterday, as we all know, he wasn't their draft pick. Mm-hmm. You probably never if you get the number one selection, you're never gonna be back there, hopefully. As
0: evidenced by you're, the fact that this would be the first time ever the Bears would have someone exactly. overall. So pick. you're
1: not going to probably have a whole lot of of options at your disposal like you do now. Yeah. So the question that we were asking was, do you believe based on what I had not read the Brad Biggs article either where, you know, his comment was that most people in town have convinced that after whatever, we have found the second coming of, of Sid, Luckman. Sid Luckman. And he, I think he was just asking the question. He,
0: he, he simply put it, some believe quarterback Justin Fields is the long-awaited replacement for Sid Luckman.
1: I don't know if they feel that way at Hallis Hall. Okay, so that to me, that was worth the, yeah, the, conversation. the conversation. Do they feel that way up at Hallis Hall? I don't know because they're never going to have the flexibility and the draft ammunition that they have now. So I, that was the essence of the conversation that you and I engaged in yesterday. So let us share with you what Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getzey had to say
0: today. A lot of it regarding Justin Fields. And we'll begin. He was asked in particular, okay, we've talked about what a disaster the game was on Sunday at Ford Field against the Lions. Luke Getzey was asked, how do you evaluate Justin Fields in a game like that against the Lions?
3: Yeah, no, just like any other game. Um... You know, first three drives were pretty good drives. Um, after that, I didn't think he played very well. Um, in the past game, you know, we, you know, there was a. We finished that first half. You know, he threw a great ball to Cole. We did We lost the completion. Uh, we lost the protection on the very next play, or else you know he he put his eyes in the right place to look, and, and he's about to rip it to BP who was open. Uh, we just were able to miss it. The protection kind of got to him, and it was kind of like after that. Um, we didn't really execute really well as a, as, a, as an entire unit it wasn't just him I shouldn't say but uh, and so that was a little bit disappointing um, but you know take the fumble that he had or the strip the strip fumble you know those those types of plays like we gotta you know he snaps the ball they're in one coverage catches the ball they, they rotate to a different coverage he's got to play the play the, you know with better instincts so. There's things that we there's a ton of things that we got to grow from uh, those those types of opportunities and so that game gets evaluated just like every other game. Again, we're not going to make excuses about the way protection is or the way routes were. We 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 all have a job to do and everybody will be evaluated for that. They keep it real. I mean, honest assessment. Yeah, I
1: I like that. I like the fact that they keep it real. I do.
0: And Luke Getzey has been one of the most honest at every time. Every time he he meets the media, he is very very honest in his assessment of Justin Fields. I don't think he ever really holds anything back. You and I, before the show began, were delving deep into just
1: how bad this Bears offense has been all season long. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a product of a lot of things. It really is. Now, I mean, so we're not pointing the finger at any one thing. This is like collectively bad. Like they're averaging 129.9 passing yards per game. Correct. Put that in. I asked you. So, I said, do you know? And I didn't know
0: the answer, so you did the work. Yeah, well, so I'll say right now, they are the worst in the NFL right now. The Atlanta Falcons, who I think anybody who's watched the league would agree, they've been abysmal yes. as a passing offense well, and this they've, year. They've
1: gone through from Marcus Mariota to Desmond Ritter, to Desmond Ritter who's a rookie. And they're currently averaging 155.7
0: passing yards as the second worst passing offense in this NFL. So, So, like,
1: and again, hear me, hear me correctly, people. I'm not placing the blame anywhere other than collectively with what they're doing. Protection's been bad, receiving group isn't very impressive. As you just heard Luke Etzi say, Cole Komet dropped a catchable pass. Like, you put all that stuff together over the course of a 17-game season, and there's a lot of directions you can point your finger in at times. Justin has also, in his second year as a quarterback in this league, made mistakes as well that he'll learn from. I said to you, Mm -hmm. knowing that they've thrown for 129.9 yards per game, like, in 2022, when I give you that stat, Yes. I, like, almost dry heave. You're like, oh, my God, that is, like, that is horrendous. And I said when was the last time an NFL team averaged something in that, in that vicinity in terms of passing yards per game?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked, Tom, because we had to go back to 2009. Wow. So 13 seasons ago when the Cleveland Browns averaged 129.8 yards per game. And by the way, now we're talking over a decade, 13 seasons ago, the NFL – hadn't really become as pass happy and adopted the idea of passing as much as they have in
1: 2022. I would say the rules while they were trending towards favoring the offense had not gotten to where they are now at that point either.
0: And if you want to go back, so by so the Browns right now are at 120, or I'm sorry, the Bears are at 129.9. That Browns team finished at 129.8, which means with Nathan Peterman starting on Sunday, there is a possibility the Bears actually fall below the Browns number if they don't exceed 130 passing so yards.
1: So what you're telling me is it's been... Do the math. 13 years? hmm 13 seasons. 13, almost 13 seasons? Since there's been an offensive, a passing offense that has been this that, Inept, yeah. Inept. And if you want... And so, okay... So the Bears are at one twenty nine
0: point nine. So when
1: Carmen and Yurko spend the entire you know the year to their credit, yep, constantly saying this is exciting, this is exciting, something to build on, not pointing the finger at any one person, but they've got to get better passing the football. Like they're 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 not saying stupid things. Like this is it's not historically
0: it's, it bad. Is, it is historic. I mean, okay, maybe I, don't know how, is. I Like think about it. We were talking thirteen seasons ago, and again, if they don't throw. For if they go under 120 passing yards, with again Nathan Peterman starting on Sunday, they may fall below the Browns' curtain no- that number, which would then mean you'd have to go back to 2005, the last time a team threw for less yards per game, which was oh by the way the Chicago Bears, who threw for 128.6 yards per game back in 2005. Fortunately, that season the San Francisco 49ers were even worse. They only averaged 118.6 yards per game. That was back in I believe Alex Smith's rookie season, and he was playing left-handed that year. Yeah, and Mike Nolan was the coach, and nobody was really trying to throw the ball on that football team.
1: So again, like this is just highlighting where they where they need to improve. It's mm-hmm. quite it's quite obvious. You need to be better. You need much better protection. I, I I mean, I would assume that Justin was sacked on a higher percentage of dropbacks this year than any other quarterback in the league. Is that a bad assumption? I I I think he's he's I would
0: say he's in the top five at the at minimum. But you you may be right. I'd have to look at the exact. I haven't looked at now over uh, the course of time.
1: You know, like all quarterbacks, some of that could be on the decision making of the QB. Do you you know what? You're You're, you're
0: right. He's been sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL. And based on the number of attempts, I don't even need to do the percentages. I know just by looking at it, that fields is has been sacked more than any other player per attempt so 55 so by the,
1: the way. protection has just been abysmal this yes. year in a lot of instances the wide receiving group hasn't done him a lot of favors and again you know he's got to improve at some of this stuff as well so you know they've got their hands full going into next year but they've got a lot to work with so if they make decisions quality decisions and you get a better offensive line and listen i sylvie said this a while ago and You know, I was like, I don't know if you need to completely redo the entire line. You could probably still work with Cody Whitehair and maybe bounce Braxton Jones over here, Tevin Jenkins. You may get away with two or three new faces. You're open to everything now. Like, you are. I mean, Tevin Jenkins, you hope he stays healthy, but he's locked in at at guard. Correct. Your hope is is that... Maybe Braxton Jones can
0: actually be even better if you flip him over to right maybe goes to right tackle if you find you know an anchor at the left tackle.
1: But by. you gotta be better at center. You yes. gotta be better at the other guard. Correct. You gotta be better at the left tackle for sure. So that yeah, we're looking at probably three at new least,
0: offensive linemen at least unless they're committed to giving Lucas Patrick a whole nother full season if he's healthy. More from Luke Getze. He was asked, where have you seen growth from Justin Fields this season?
3: I just joked about it before. I just said, you know, just just take his press conferences at the beginning of the year to his press conferences at the end of the year, right? He's sitting there telling you about every single play. He told you, you we had a trick play. I'm like, come on, dude, you can't do that. You can't go in the public and say a trick. And so, no, just that 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 uh, becoming a pro, the leadership, the you know, you guys talked about. You know, I think you got challenged last week with you know how, how did, what happened with Chase on the on the sideline, and he handled that. Like that's him becoming the leader of the football team and um, being a great pro and consistent every day. I think that's the most important thing. And then all the other stuff those guys see every day on the practice field, they see him getting better every day. So um, the results of it, the statistics that everyone's looking for, those will come, and we know that. Um, but like again, like I said, the most important thing is that we continue to see growth. Do it's we good, know that? A, well, do we know I, that? I,
1: well, I will we say hope. this: you, you do hope, but um, the thing that I, I and I agree with him on that front. Like the the intangibles are there. I, yes, like I you thinking, would be yes. if they had these statistics. Okay, and the intangibles, like the leadership, was being questioned. Like, let's—I don't know the situation in New York with the Jets. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Feels like it's bad. Feels yeah. like there's leadership issues at the quarterback position. Feels like there's immaturity issues. Feels like there's a lack of trust and a lack of respect. I don't know. That's just my uh, that's my assumption as to what's going on with their second year quarterback in their offensive meeting rooms. I get the impression none of that exists here.
3: Kid yes, a hard agreed. worker,
1: great leader, has all of the intangibles, tough as nails, leads by example, first guy in, last guy out, works as hard as anyone. Um, those intangibles make you feel less antsy and itchy and scratchy about some of these statistics. The thing, and I'll build on what Luke Getze said as well about where he's his maturity, I think, is basically yes. what he was talking about. Whether it's a press conference, how he handles things on the sideline with, with Chase Claypool, whatever it is, the maturity is there. How about the fact, and it was what I was talking about going all the way back to the first month of the first six weeks of the season. The game will slow down when you start doing the easy things more frequently. Yes, taking the layups. Take the layups. Hit your checkdowns. Take the five yard route instead of the fifteen. I know you want to. You want to rip it in there, but guess what? There's two guys guarding the guy at the fifteen yard mark, David Montgomery or Cole Komen are right here, wide open five. Just give it to him. Keep the chains. And, and guess what happens? Yep. You look at his pers- his completion percentage. How it has improved over the course of the last couple of months. A lot of that comes via taking the layups. Yes. Like, and you may say, well, that's statistical. You know, that, that doesn't really tell a story. For me, it does. Yes. When your completion percentage in the NFL is, is 55%, you're not hitting your layups. Nope. And when you're not hitting your layups, guess what happens? The game is still too fast for you. You never get in a rhythm and you never really find your pace. What he has done so well to me mm-hmm. over the last six or eight games. Is he's taking the layups. So then what happens? You've noticed, like, and he's become more comfortable also because he's making plays with his legs, which gets him into the game. I get all of that. But the game slows down. There's no frantic behavior. He's managing the pocket better than he did before. You know, the, the, the comfort level is there, the composure is there. Like, that's all. People overlook it. This is like, oh, you're throwing five yard routes. What's that going to do? What that's going to do is give you your base. It sets the floor for you. It is the foundation of your confidence and and letting the game slow down for a young quarterback. And I would say that that's been there. Like, he doesn't make a lot of... There is a silly mistake every, every now and again, but, like, he has learned that when you see a guy open at five yards... Like, I think it, at Ohio State, a lot of, of young quarterbacks, in certain instances, you're reading the field, you know deep to short. Mm-hmm. Like you're sitting back and holding the ball, waiting for the post dig to open up, which is cool when you've got well, Garrett Wilson and, and, and Chris Olave going against Indiana secondary. You can read the field deep to short, but when you're playing against the Green Bay Packers and they're rushing you, You can't always read the field deep to short because the short route may be your best choice and it may be open now. And you can probably, you can also get away with it too at Ohio State
0: when your third wide receiver is someone like Jackson and Jigma Smith, who would be the number one at almost any other college that he was at, right? Like, so you have a physical and talent advantage when you're
1: playing at that that you don't have at the NFL level and it needs to get better, but... I think if you look at what Jacksonville did with Trevor Lawrence as well, like the game slowed down for him as well Mm -hmm. when they simplified. You simplify, take your easy passes, screen over here, dump off over here, you tied in on a Y route, you know, or a a stick route. I mean, just take
0: the easy things. And you know what helps too for someone like Trevor Lawrence who always wants to be a playmaker, but it's the taking layups it's reinforced it's like giving a dog a treat because when he when you give him better players around him oh, yeah. when Travis Etienne is healthy and he can dump it off to him taking a layup right but watching Travis Etienne turn what would be a no 4 doubt. or 5 yard catch and all of a sudden he breaks a tackle and makes it a first down in 11 yards Christian Kirk who they paid big money to in free agency but you know what he's an improvement yes. over what
1: they had well he's and a- you throw him a you know a 6 yard hitch route he turns it into a 14 yard gain and at the end of the day on the stat sheet, that's a 14-yard catch. It's, it's not a six-yard catch. So you trust yes. that the offense, if you play inside the confines of the, the structure of the offense, that little dump pass yes. can be just as effective as your 15-yard
0: in or your 15-yard out route. And I'm hoping that if the Bears can surround him with more talent, that type of taking those layups will become more natural because, look, It'll be
1: reinforced. I get I get it to my playmakers, and my playmakers go out and they make plays. Well, that's where that's where I think there has been dramatic progress. There has the leadership skills. This team rallies around him. He leads by example. He leads vocally and physically. And the game has really slowed down for him. So like the foundation feels like it is there. Now the next step is, is now you add the next layer. Yeah. The next layer is, is you've got that comfort level where you know exactly what the defense is going to do. And when they switch coverages after the ball is snapped, you're still confident in what you're doing and what you know. And you throw that ball to Dante Pattis into the, the, the honey hole or the, uh, whatever. Turkey hole. To turkey hole, whatever the they called pie, it back in the, turkey the day. Hole? And, and I think that that will come with better protection, better receivers, but I think there has been progress. Now we started the conversation saying that the passing, you know, They've thrown for 130 yards per game. That's not good enough. No. You've got to take that next step. But I do believe that there was some progress this year that you could build on going into next year.
0: That's the voice of former Bears wide receiver Tom Waddle. I'm Jeff Meller, in for Sylvie today. We've got more from Getze coming your way. Plenty of time for your calls and also some great positive news regarding DeMar Hamlin, the Bill's safety who suffered cardiac arrest on the field on Monday Night Football. We'll share all of it with you next year on ESPN 1000.
2: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch
0: at ESPN1000Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. I'm Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today on Waddle and Sylvie mentioned as we were heading to break, got some really good news regarding Buffalo Bills safety. Damar Hamlin, he has shown, quote, substantial improvements, unquote, in his recovery from cardiac arrest, which he suffered collapsing on the field on Monday night's football game when the Bills were playing the Bengals in Cincinnati. Of course, most of us watched it and saw it unfold. But this is very encouraging news from the doctors at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. We got word today they met with the media and answered some questions and some very encouraging things to hear. In particular, they shared an anecdote about how DeMar Hamlin, who is not communicating because he is intubated, but was communicating via writing. And he asked, one of the first things he asked was, who won the game? And the doctor's response was you won demar you won the game of life so that's very encouraging lots of good signs regarding the bill's safety so we're very grateful to hear that news today
1: and it's the most important news uh and it's the best news of the day uh the league now will find out a a way to come to a conclusion as to how they're going to handle the afc playoff situation Mm -hmm. and i haven't seen anything recently i mean the the most recent stuff we talked about a couple of hours ago that Shefty had floated out there about the different options that they may have at their disposal. I am still very curious to see what the league will do. My money would be on the suggestion that Shefty said Matt Hasselbeck was first to kind of bring to the forefront. Which he suggested that the... Well, First of all, the assumption is, is that the Correct. Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed yes. in any way, shape, or form.
0: Yes, there's no appetite for that. So that means that the Bills and Bengals will have one less game in their to play in their record. So they will, in all likelihood, go by win percentage and then give the number one seed in the AFC the option. Well, this is Matt Hasselbeck's idea, which Adam Schefter has said the league has discussed. Now, it hasn't been finalized or chosen as the possibility, but he said they are discussing the possibility of giving the number one seed a buy a, the choice of a buy or home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and then the number two seed would get whatever the number one seed does not choose. So theoretically, so it, that would be
1: standard. Whether let's, I mean, the scenarios: Kansas City loses to the Raiders, which well, nobody's really expecting. But if Kansas City loses to the Raiders and Buffalo beats the Bill or beats the Patriots, then it would be the Bills that would have, have the best win seed. percentage. Yeah. So at that point, if, in fact, that happened, which is the way that the league sat, the AFC sat, before kickoff on Monday night, it was the Buffalo Bills with the number one overall seed. Before the Week 17 began. Correct. Yes. We went into Week 17 with With the Bills Bills sitting in the one spot. And who was it, two? Chiefs. Right. So if the Bills win and the Chiefs lose, then basically how they entered Week 17 is the way the season will end. Will this proposition
0: still work? It's a fair question, and maybe that's why we haven't gotten any definitive word. Maybe they'll wait to see how Week 18 un- unfolds. Can you do that, though? Listen, like, don't I, you have... You'd want something equitable? Well, maybe,
1: but maybe they would... You well, know, I, if, you're, and if you're How about this? If you're the Cincinnati Bengals, yeah, and the you're one. the Baltimore Ravens, they play on Sunday. If the Baltimore Ravens... Were to win that game,
0: yes, they would move to eleven and six on the season, and that would drop the the Bengals to eleven and five. Correct. The Bengals would have the better win percentage, but the Ravens would have beaten the Bengals twice on the season.
1: Right now, so, where is? Where is Where's it, the equitable resolution for that scenario as well? So I think that they have to have something in place, something prior in place to before Sunday, kickoff on Saturday, Saturday and it.
0: Sunday. Yeah, no, it's and so we'll obviously be monitoring this closely. Maybe we'll get some more definitive news tomorrow in regards to how the NFL plans to handle it. But of course, like you said, I think the biggest takeaway aside from the great news right. about Demar Hamlin, is that the Bills and Bengals game is not going to be resumed. That game is essentially not going to happen. And so however the season ends, we're exp- the Bills and
1: Bengals will have one less game on their record. And so. by the way, I don't believe Lamar Jackson is going to play in that game against the Bengals, right? It doesn't look that he way. He hasn't practiced all week. I, I, I think that there's concern that he may even be available for the postseason because they're in. It's just a matter of Correct. what role they, what have, they have or where they're
0: Sounded like Jim Harbaugh was not too uh, Jack uh, John Harbaugh um, John Harbaugh was yeah. not too thrilled. Well, with Lamar Jackson. Well,
1: I mean, like I I, I heard the guys talking about it on Get Up today. Um, like, look, if you're Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. what th- this is really this is a tricky and 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 yeah and this difficult is, scenario for both sides. This
0: is what happens when you're at an impasse with your franchise quarterback Correct. who wants to be paid right on the same level that Desha- the guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson got.
1: Right. Like, if you thought Lamar had had leverage when the season began, think about the, the leverage he has now heading into the postseason. Like, uh, do the Ravens have any traction at all in the postseason without Lamar? My answer to my own question would be no. No, yeah. Do, do they have some traction if Lamar comes back fresh and is, is... Like, I don't think that they're going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year but they're a lot scarier with, with him, him out there offensively without him so if you're Lamar what do you do do you not like we'll he gave you as like he said look I'm going to play and he did you know he put his leverage to the side yep. and decided to play but then he got hurt yep and at this point i don't know he what w- they're
0: going to do he he wants to be completely healthy before he gets back out there on the field it's an interesting dilemma they have right now.
1: Even if it was 100% healthy, I don't know that he'd go back out at this point without the contract. Well, they're not going to sign him. And, I know. I, think I don't would, think you can. They're not going to hand him a big a big check You know, as the playoffs are starting. I know. That's a, They've Crazy. got a bit of a mess on their hands in Baltimore right now on that front.
0: Uh, all right. So I, I promised a little bit more Luke Getze. This is an interesting one. He was asked about Justin Fields balancing the development of him as a passer but also allowing him to continue to make those special plays as a runner
3: yeah no it's uh that that's part of the the uniqueness of of coaching guys that are special in a bunch of different ways like i was fortunate to coach a guy in my last stop that he doesn't see things like everybody else does and so you you work through that in the sense of like okay What's your why? Why did you do it? Communicate, and he's he communicates that clearly, more clearly than any person and human being in the world. <laughs> and so, what's cool about Justin is he's kind of on that path. To be honest with you, he has his whys. he sees what he sees, and he's able to communicate that. And so that's, and then all you do is you just reflect. Okay, the process tells you this. Now we need to apply it, and then um, you never ignore instincts. There's a lot of there's a lot of plays, right? I, I think I said this to you guys in here that. You start off in April and May and June, and you grind them into the process and the progression. And then once it's time to play, it's time to let the player bring it to life. And so I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, call this play. And if it's one high, you're doing this. And If it's two high, you're doing this. And then he goes out and he says, well, the leverage in the one high was this. So I was working that all day. That's like he's making a decision for a reason. And so those conversations have been really good.
1: I was laughing because he was obviously talking about Aaron Rodgers. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. so... Um, I, I like Luke Getze. Like, there have been moments where I've questioned certain approaches, not necessarily play calls, but certain approaches, whether they're running the ball when they should. Like, there have been moments where they should have been doing different things. Like, I've had my moments where I i don't really understand. because I, But what I always wanted to, to, to feel like is, is I understood what the plan was. It was like, I want to know what they're doing or feeling sitting on my couch. And that was my one refrain over the last couple of years with the previous group. I had no idea what yes. they were trying to do. Like, literally had no idea what they were, were... And you play, shared it frequently. Yeah, play calling, you text us and be like, route combos, quarterback, you know, what you're at... like. I, I yeah. get a sense just in one year and it hasn't been perfect, but I get a sense that Luke the, the, the why are you doing what you're doing makes sense to me. It's with n- Luke Etsy for the most part. It's nice to nice to
0: see play designs with counters off of those play designs, right? Like you show a defense something and then all of a sudden now listen, it again it hasn't been perfectly offense. The passing no. game needs to improve. But yes, it feels like you're in some hands that you trust with
1: Luke. Well, Getze. and I, I've said this a bunch as well. If if you're Justin, you're frustrated because you don't have a ton to work with. Mm-hmm. If you're Luke Getzi, you have the same frustration yeah. because he doesn't have the same pieces to work with as well. He
0: was asked, "How important is a number one wide receiver to an offense?"
3: I don't want to just like dial into where it has to be a clear cut number one, but I think it's the quarterback receiver relationship is critical. I think that. Um, establishing that, having that consistently each and every week is is critical to both of their successes. I think um, when you're throwing the football, usually the person's not where they're supposed to be already. And so the anticipation of body movements and angles and depths and how a guy reacts to a particular leverage that he's faced, I think all that stuff and having those reps behind it is, is it's vital. It's, it's the most critical thing to the passing game. And so um, I think it's you know when, you, when, when there's not... Well, I don't want to limit it to just has to just be a, one, a number one receiver, but I think it's probably more valuable to say, okay, these are my consistent guys or guy or whatever that, you, that you're throwing to each and every week.
1: That makes sense. I mean, listen, I think some of that was being developed with Darnell Mooney before mm-hmm. he got hurt. Yeah. You know, where you know where a guy's going to be and you understand their tendencies and I think that's kind of what he was referring to with with Rodgers back in. What he, what Rodgers and Devontae Adams, I mean, like, listen, that's elite stuff. Sure. But they knew exactly what each other was doing at all times. Yeah. It's hard to duplicate that or replicate that, but that's what your goal is. Whether you're an elite number one or you're a Darnell Mooney who is a solid two, but you know where he's going to be and he knows what you're going to do with the ball. At the end of the day, you find tremendous production from that.
0: Yeah, it's like that innate uh, telepathic ability between quarterback and wide receiver where when you're on the same page, it doesn't matter. You can do your
1: best to defend them, yeah. but when they're in sync, the best I, are hard to, they're impossible to I'll defend. I'll give you a good example of that in the division. Amon, Saint Brown, uh, Amon mm-hmm. Ross, St. Brown, and Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Like Nobody's going to tell you Jared Goff is an elite quarterback, Yeah. but he plays the position pretty damn effectively. And while no one would probably tell you Amon Ross St. Brown is a number one wide receiver, he's a really good wide receiver, and those guys are on the same page so often that the numbers trend toward like, wow, that's a really effective quarterback-wide receiver combo. It may not be Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers. But you can win with that combination because those guys are on the same page so frequently.
0: That's Tom Waddle. I'm Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today. And Waddle and Sylvie will check in with Chris Black, who's solo because Adam Abdallah had, had himself a baby yesterday. We shared that news with you yesterday in Crosstalk. We'll check in with Chris Black next on ESPN one thousand.
1: You can get with this or you can
0: Jeff Mellor for Sylvie today as we welcome in Chris Black for some crosstalk talk solo edition of Black because as Uncle we know. Uncle Chris is your new yeah. nephew. Yeah,
1: Uncle Chris. I went over there and saw them yesterday. They're doing well. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome, right. man. Yeah. Is, is uh, Adam emotional about it? I mean, you can only, uh, he can very only imagine. Very excited. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I guess emotional. Sure.
2: We, we, I, we, he, was, he was very happy. It wasn't like he yeah. was weeping, but yeah, he was very happy. We detected some
0: emotion. We played when he joined you and Tyler yesterday yeah. with the announcement. We played it during this portion yesterday. Yeah. We figured it made sense because obviously you guys always cross talk sure. at this time. So it was a perfect opportunity to play. And we, we detected the emotion in his voice.
2: Rightfully so. Yeah, I think I think so. They, they're they very happy. Everyone's uh, Whitney's healthy. Whitney's doing and, well. Yeah, Whitney's doing great. Uh, she looked better than Adam, which is no different than any other <laughs> yeah, day. It's <laughs> a day that ends but in a yeah. They They all look great. That's fantastic. Layla looked fantastic. Small. Did you hold her? Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Very yeah. cool. Six well, pounds. I, I don't. I don't have a baby, so I, to, it's small yeah. to me. Small than. Well, a,
1: kinda... you can. You can babysit. Yeah, I know. I know. It's what I'm will here for. Will Adam? It's will, what we're here will, for. Will he trust you I to babysit his daughter? I wonder at what at what stage because it's different for every parent. Sure. Well, yeah. I listen. I'm not I, asking you to babysit my one week old. We can you do just, it next week. I, where, I would we're available. Yeah, I, I would say you're probably Ronald's not. Face. You're probably no. not going to get the call.
0: I would say at least for six months. That's would you? Fine. Would you think that's?
1: I would think. I think that at least again. Like six my my kids aren't even kids. My kids are adults. Correct, my my, but... my 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 third is twenty five today. Happy birthday, Leah! Happy birthday. My oldest will be thirty on the seventeenth of this month. So if I go back in time thirty mm-hmm. years ago when she was born, I don't think we left her with anyone other than family, like m- my mom or my mother-in-law until she was probably eight or nine months yeah sure. yeah yeah exactly that makes
0: sense yeah. yeah usually a year is kind of like a good by the time we had number period. three
1: like that that kid was out the door <laughs> naked on the swing and we were getting calls from the neighbors because we weren't paying attention so, <laughs> i well, mean that's like what you that's had the
0: first two for that's what they were yeah. that was their that's what happened.
1: isn't
2: that uh now my sister and i it's only the two of us but isn't that a part of like three, four, and five is they figure it out because yes. they see what else yes. is going on. And then you as a parent have to give less effort because the younger, the the more that you have, yeah. they see what else is happening around them and they kind of pick
1: things up and you don't, you, and by that point you're like, ah, it doesn't matter. I've said for years, You'll I stopped parenting like four years ago <laughs> because my youngest, yes. who's now 19, has learned everything from just sitting back and watching her older sisters Sure and can do it all by herself she's more equipped for life than i am and she's 19 years old well so she's
2: more equipped than the rest of us
1: well you know it's good for that it's it's cool so being a father we uh couldn't be happier for adam yeah it's uh extremely
2: exciting good for them and we'll talk to adam in a couple of weeks excellent sounds good Uh, what's going on with you guys Talking some Bears? Some Talking good a lot of
1: stuff. Yeah, we got afternoon. Bears conversation. We're trying to figure out what the NFL is going to do with regard yeah. to their playoff well, schedule.
2: Tamar Hamlin, we
0: talked about the positive updates news about Hamlin. Great for yeah. him. That was good. You and,
2: know, I, I I don't want to sound callous on this idea, but the the bind that the NFL finds themselves in right now, why did Buffalo leave on Monday night? If Buffalo would have stayed on Monday night, they could have made up the game, say,
1: Tuesday afternoon. I don't think that there was any way that those guys were going to be emotionally equipped to play that game. Like, I think they're going, you know, they'll struggle a little bit with it this week, but I think they're, they understand they get good news, which helps getting back to work. I, I never thought that that game was ever going to be restarted. To your point, once they left the field that night, I think it was over over,
0: because of the, the, the the timing of where it fell in the calendar. It just, you were never going to be able
2: to find a spot or a resolution so close to the playoffs, especially because both teams are going to play in the playoffs. Well, right. And and that's why they find themselves in this situation now where they don't know how to kind of structure this. Uh, there's a lot of strange stuff on the table, like adding playoff teams. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Uh, allowing the NFC to have like a bye week where the AFC catches back up. It, it's well, all just yeah, bizarre. That, that, <laughs> and, and, and the thing that like, I don't understand the, Neutral site AFC championship game idea? That seems weird, too. Okay, one, you're assuming that Buffalo or Cincinnati will get there. There is a possibility that neither get there. Yes. And then, two, like it feels very COVID times to me to be like, okay, the AFC championship game will be played in Detroit in front of
1: people who decided to show up if they could get there, that's not... Nice. I think both teams would travel, but... That stinks. But I think that the decision has to be the decision that has the least amount of impact on the least number of people. And yeah. knowing that they're not going to play this game, I'm tending to believe that the best way to do this is is that game will be just considered a tie, and I think Shefty was talking about Matt Hasselbeck's idea was that the team that ends with the number one seed has the choice whether to take the buy or have home field advantage throughout, and then the number two seed will get the the, the, whatever, the opposite, whatever. The seed what would you, would you do? I would take, if I was the you number one seed, I'd take the buy. Take right? the buy yeah, no question. 100%. You don't so, want to
2: play an additional game and exactly. risk losing. So
1: if you played this out the way that everyone's expecting it to play, if you put it through the machine... The Chiefs Chiefs will beat the Raiders. The Bills will beat the Patriots. So then the Chiefs finishes finishes the number one seed. They choose the bye. And the only way that the Chiefs would ever go on the road to Buffalo is if Buffalo gets to the AFC title game. And if that's the case, then the Chiefs have to go on the road. Okay. I mean, that's that that basically it seems like path of least resistance. Yeah, right. When you no, go you're, you're, you're right not about that. To your
0: point, the idea of the NFC taking a pause, the NFC should, <laughs> the what? NFC
1: business as right. usual. Right, right. Yes.
0: But
2: but there is a scenario out yeah. there that that side of the conference waits while they try and do something yeah. else yeah. on the other that side. That Scenario and, though
0: also has the Bills and Bengals actually resuming the game, which I just don't.
2: I don't think that's going to happen. I it seems mean. like they're not leaning towards doing that. No. But yeah, it'll be interesting to f- see how they figure it out. Well, I just I th- hope it's not something where it changes the structure of the playoffs. Yeah. Like adding much? another team. Like yeah, that's that, the that point. W- that I don't want to see that.
0: Well, not only would that be crazy, that would be that's like the NFL taking advantage of a terrible situation, floating a test yeah. balloon because we all know to they probably extra t- they, they know check. that we all yeah. know they probably ultimately want to go to eight teams on each conference in the playoffs when they'll probably just eliminate the buys. But this would be a terrible way to try it out.
2: Yeah. No, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, the, I'm sure the NFL will see some dollars behind that. Two additional playoff teams. They could. Yes. Yes. Squeeze together another game on Wild Card Weekend
1: that I could, think, be could be beneficial probably, to uh, them.
0: Amazon Prime. What do you think about having no a playoff
1: game for us? I, I think it would be considered. I, I don't think they Poor want tastes. that. Yeah, yeah. I think what they have to do, though, in my humble opinion, is, is you have to have a decision before the ball's kicked in the air on Saturday. This yeah. Saturday,
2: I agree. You've got to you. have a decision done. Schefter was on SportsCenter like 30 minutes ago, and he was saying that he thinks the answer to this question will be given before the end of the business day tomorrow oh yeah so we'll know heading into the football weekend what exactly. what the decision will be I, so. I, I,
1: I listen uh, real quick the the what's inside the AFC North is also yeah the ravens cuz the ravens play the bengals and if the ravens beat the bengals then the ravens are 11 and 6 and the bengals are 11 and 5 and the Ravens, and beat the Ravens will have beaten the Bengals
0: twice. right? But they won't win the a- AFC North in right. that scenario.
2: So. Well, well it's, it's great that DeMar Hamlin is improving. That's mm-hmm. what's most important um, for sure. And it's good that because he's improving, we can have these silly other conversations. Yes, around no doubt. that's what so we yeah. do, man. Yeah. We're going to talk some Bears football tonight because Justin Fields won't play this weekend. So it, over. It, it's time to figure out what yeah. we have in a quarterback. So we're going to do that coming up in a couple minutes. All awesome. right, man. We'll be listening on the ride home. Chris Black
0: coming up solo because, of course, as we mentioned, congrats to Adam Abdella and Whitney, his wife, for the addition of Layla. Thanks to Tyler Aki and Kendra Smith for producing today. Thanks for having me, Waddle. I'm Jeff Meller. And for Sylvie, Thanks back. for being had. Thank you, my friends. Always. Always good to be had. I'll be back tomorrow I'll with Drink Quattle. your blood
1: tomorrow on the air. How about ah. that?
0: All right. That sounds sounds like something we could do with really? Twitch. All right. Not really. Twitch Dude, numbers no. are going up. Oh, all of a sudden, black's interested. All right. Thanks for uh, listening, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. Blex up next on ESPN 1000.